Dynasty Kings, football by the numbers. Ain't nothing prehistoric about it. It's the fantasy land before time, man. Yeah, did. And we talking about them analytics. Yeah, I dig it. You know them digits, we fit it inside of sales. But thinking outside of the box when we did it, outside prevails. We got eight inside of the box, but we finished plenty to tell. So go ahead and plug in a pot and just listen. It's the Dino Scene. Velociraptors, it takes okay. dilapidated no way. Nope. Man, it's a rap, no debate. Hey. Breaking it down with the dynasty. Yeah. Often reside with the pylons yeah. be. Often we talking about dynasty. Yeah. Rocking with me at the times you'll see. Yeah. Out of the pocket online on me. Too much subjective is not for me. It's not for me. I'm rocking with the dynasty. Yeah. Dynasty. Locking the lineup and I don't need. Filming the fables cause finally I got all the facts. No anomaly. Yeah. Let's get it. Y'all reach his T-Rex at best. And I don't mean to go flex. I'm a dinosaurus to death. Yeah. Look, if you dino, you know. Welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake and Mike, let's ride. All right, welcome to another episode of Dynasty Kings. I'm joined again by the same prestigious guest here. We have Austin from Campus Campus. Austin, please tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's the first time anybody's ever called me prestigious or anything better than average. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you can find me at Debbie Dietz on Twitter. And then every other thing that I work on is over at campusdecanton.com. So go ahead, check that out as well. Mike's also there. So it's a party at campus. I love it there. Yeah, I'm actually trying to convert my hometown lead to campus again. They don't know that I do this, by the way, because we're pretty competitive. So I'm trying to be on the low. I'm trying to be like, hey, you guys. Do you guys want to try this new format out? You hustle on SOB. You hustle on <laughs> SOB. They're like, you ever done this before? I was like, no. I'm just going to pick some guy's list like everyone does, like Fantasy Pros or whatever. I'll just Google the first list that pops up. You know, <laughs> uh, Double or nothing after the first year? Slow play it? Gonna, yeah. You know, how, like far, a, how far out are we going to do this thing? I mean, yeah. How, yeah. You, can, we'll, you can keep this We'll put the while. training wheels on and we'll do best ball the first year, $10 buy-in. The second year, we'll do 100 <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fair yeah yeah all right let's get into it so today we're talking about bowl game heroes uh last time they meet austin talked we brought up guys that uh we want to see step up and stuff and who have stepped up so far but now we're gonna actually get to it and just kind of wrap it up about who actually did step up and then our expectations or projections of them for college fantasy football and maybe talk about some nfl upside for some of these guys as well um, so Austin, you want to bring up your first guy? Sure. I mean, we have a lot of guys to talk about. Do you want to start with the running back? You want to start with the wide receiver? I, I just want to talk about the guy that you're most excited about. Ooh. Okay. Well, if the guy that I'm most excited about, I'm, I, I've already been on like three shows this off season, talked about this guy, Lorenzo styles, wide receiver at Notre Dame. I am just going to have him everywhere next year. I think is, is probably the way that I'm going to put it. In the bowl game here, eight catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown for Notre Dame. They narrowly lost out to Oklahoma State in that game. Why I'm high on him going into next year, though. So they're uh, Notre Dame's leading wide receiver this past year, uh, like actual wide receiver, not Michael Mayer, not Kyron Williams, was Kevin Austin, um, who has declared for the draft. I thought he would definitely be back because he's frankly not very good. But he's on his way. Last year, he had uh, Kevin Austin 16.61% of the reception market share at Notre Dame. He had 24% of their receiving yards and 23% of their receiving touchdowns. So basically an alpha wide receiver's share of things, more or less. You know, 
more than 25 percent is probably probably you could call alpha but it's close to that i think style steps into those shoes he's 6'1 he's 195 he's got great size he reportedly ran a 10 8 100 in high school so he's got the speed i i think he can be a full package there and an underrated stat that i actually didn't realize till i was kind of looking at stuff for this Notre Dame, we think of as this hyper-conservative offense. They passed the ball in total, 27th most in the country this year on a per-game basis, the 31st most in the country. So this is not, you know, your granddad's Notre Dame team. This is a team that is willing to pass. Uh, so I, I think there there is volume to go around and there is market share to go around. And that's a really good thing uh, for a guy like Lorenzo Styles. Yeah, so this guy is not on my radar at all whatsoever. So now I'm curious to ask this, is that I see that he's only played, I want to say, four games until that bowl game. And I want to ask, like, uh, what led to his opportunity increasing for this season? So true true freshman, true freshman. I probably should yeah. have stated that when I was talking about him initially. So I think it was just, uh, you know, Notre Dame is conservative in the sense that they bring these guys along very, very slowly. Um, and so I just think that's the reason, you know, didn't didn't play a lot early in the year kind of broke in as the year went on and was the go-to guy at the end. So I, I don't see any reason why that can't continue. They don't really have anybody else there. That's super exciting outside of again, no. Michael Mayer, their tight end. Right. Yeah. And they, and I mean, I know you shouldn't be scouting the helmet and stuff like that, but they, they put in some really nice prospects in the NFL the last couple of years. I mean, Chris, not Chris, Oh my gosh, Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh there and uh, Will Fuller too. This could be the next, the next Notre Dame Damo uh, got to hit the NFL. I, and I like the NFL size too. So I, my last podcast, if you guys missed it, I did talk about um, height and weight in the NFL and just kind of what is the actual size that tends to be successful. And and he is right in that threshold. Like he is right there in that, in those numbers as a freshman too. So. Yeah. And I, mean, I actually, I actually prefer his archetype over the six, four, two, 10 guy. Like I, I think that, you know, that six foot, six foot one, where they're kind of, you know, positionless, you know, you can kind of line them up all over the place. I think he's got a little bit of that going on too. So yeah, I, yeah, you I, I like him. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Cause those tall guys are like too lanky to play in certain spots. I mean, you got Michael Thomas who just got all those slants and that's like his thing. I think, I think Michael Pittman is being utilized the exact same way. It's just, yeah, I'm with you. It's sometimes you're just too tall and you have a certain, it's a certain build once you get to a certain height, you know, too tall and too short. Yeah, there's, you know, there's not a lot of Julio Jones and Calvin Johnsons out there. So once, you know, once you get past the unicorns, then we'll, we'll go a little smaller. Yeah, right. I got you. All right. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add on that one. I, I want to talk about um, the freshman running back from uh, Western Kentucky, Noah Whittington. Seven rushes for 150 yards and one touchdown. He had a catch for negative two yards, so whatever. Um, but he's a freshman, which, of course, catches my eye, a true freshman. Um, got touches, and I know West, Western Kentucky just lost uh, a lot of their coaching staff. And I think I think is Stearns going to the draft? Jared Stearns. Stearns is going. Bailey Zappi's going. They lost Mitchell Tinsley, uh, their other big wide receiver. So they're kind of their three-headed monster. They're all gone. So it's wide open. So that's that's where I'm getting at. What, do you uh, have any notes? Any thoughts about about Whittington? So I don't have anything specifically on Whittington. What I will caution people, and we have a couple names on the list here that I think it just, you know, it bears, it'll bear repeating on this point. Western Kentucky is not a run first team at all. And I actually, right before we hopped on the podcast, you saw in the group chat, 
Uh, yeah. We just added a new writer to the staff, uh, Hannah Page, who is the Western Kentucky contributor for Rivals, and she's going to be doing uh, some different data writing uh, with us. She's an alum there, very plugged in uh, to what's going on there. In fact, like one of the guys on the team is like her next door neighbor, so she knows what's going on. And she she told me, I asked her, you know, all Bailey Zappi's leaving, offensive coordinators leaving, two leading wide receivers are leaving. Does that mean we're going to see more of a rush game? And she said she doesn't think so. She she said that the guy that's stepping in as the OC is basically has basically been the right hand man of the former offense coordinator. So it's probably you know stylistically going to be the same exact thing. They do lose again the quarterback Bailey Zappi going to the Senior Bowl, maybe a day two pick in the NFL draft. They don't have a proven guy behind him. She thinks, you know, last year was pure air raid. Maybe it's not quite air raid level, but they still only ran the ball 24 times a game, basically just to keep defenses honest. So I would caution anybody. I mean, the, the guy that got the most touches for them last year was Whittington. He had 101 carries in 12 yes. games. Like it's it's not a, a high volume rush yeah. offense. So unless he's he's hitting the home runs like he did in this one, I don't know how much value a running back at Western Kentucky is going to have for the foreseeable future. Okay. Yeah. So just again, for everyone that's listening, I, I only explained this at the beginning, like last time I'm giving the box score. Like I'm just looking at the guys that put up the numbers and like, I'm looking at the age and that's it. We're awesome here. Knows more than me. And he's out here letting you know these details right here that like, you know, doing what he's doing with like the reason why I brought him on this podcast to give me these details that I don't know. It's a color of the numbers. You gave me the shape, and I'm just I'm filling it in. I got my crayons. I'm I'm set over here. Yeah, I'm saying it so well. All right, let's um I do want to talk. Let's talk about a prospect here that we were talking about before the show. Let's talk about Jay Tucker. Jay Ducker. Um, from what was NIU, and he went off for well, I just lost my note. Okay, he went off for 24 rushes for 146 yards, one catch for 15 yards, his only catch for the whole season, by the way. And he immediately declared for the transfer portal right after the game. And he, he ended on a hot streak, too. He went three, I think, three out of his last four games were over 100 yards. So he was definitely catching fire towards the end there. Austin, got any thoughts on, on Jay Ducker? I am so glad you put him on here. I love Jay Ducker. And I actually said this at one point on the C2C pod or something this year. Outside of like the obvious, you know, Bama, Georgia, some of those big schools, NIU might have had the best Debbie backfield in the country last year. And they used them. They ran the ball more. I uh, actually found this out today. Uh, ran the ball more than any team in the country that's not a service academy. Ran the ball just a shit ton. Um, and, and Ducker was one of the main guys. Ontario Brown, Harrison Whaley. They all kind of got in there. Brown and Ducker are interesting. Ontario Brown, who's the guy that's probably, you know, pushed Ducker out the door. He had some attitude issues coming out of high school that probably led to him ending up there. He's definitely just, you know, based on pure talent, way too good to be at Northern Illinois. No offense to our large Northern Illinois listening base here that I know is out there. Um, but, but Ducker, I mean, is kind of the same way. Local kid probably was too good to end up there, ended up there anyway. He's extremely well-rounded, you know, only the one catch on the year, but I think he can do it at a pretty decent level. So I do think him going to Memphis now, he might have to share that backfield with Brandon Thomas, uh, who was the incumbent this year. But Thomas, there are rumors that he suffered a very serious injury at the end of last year. They literally have not disclosed anything about it. 
But the fact that bringing Ducker in does make me think that there is some truth to those rumors. So can okay. Ducker take that job? Maybe. And I'm kind of hopeful that he does because I just think he's really, really good. Yeah. I. So are you worried about his size, though? So he only had three touchdowns last year. He clearly doesn't get in the end zone. Probably I didn't watch NYU. So again, I'm just doing the box score analysis here. I'm imagining that for his size, he did not get the uh, the red zone work, that goal line work. Um, he only had three touchdowns on the whole entire year. And I wanted to correct myself from earlier, seven out of his last eight games were for over 100 yards. But again, there was no touchdowns in there. So um, concerns about that, concerns about his size. So it's, for me, clearly, he is, he is a college asset, not going to be an NFL asset. So I think he can make it to the NFL. I'm not going to say he's going to be you know a day two guy or whatever, but I think he can get right. there. He does have the frame. I think he's only listed like 195. I think he has the frame to get above like 205, 208. I don't know if he will. Uh, Memphis has done a pretty good job with undersized backs in recent times, though. So, yeah, even if I'm just looking for a guy to produce in college, I think Ducker can be that. And I I wouldn't write off him gaining weight and and still maintaining a lot of his explosiveness, which is kind of one of his calling cards right now. Yeah, I, I haven't listed as 185 here. I believe I just saw. So, oh boy, I've got, I've got I've got him way oversized. Then that's okay. That's my bad. <laughs> but no, but you're right. They they have been successful with undersized guys. Uh, Darrell Henderson was smaller. Kenny Gainwell, who just went to the NFL, was smaller. Um, Brandon Thomas right now is only 200 pounds. But he can he can put on the weight. He definitely has the frame for that. But all right, you ready to move on to the next the next prospect? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's, you give me one. I went I went twice in a row. All right. So you, it was really funny because you like listed like all running backs and I listed all wide receivers. So it worked yeah. out really, really well. Um, I'll toss out another wide receiver, actually one that, that you had, I had tossed on the list. Um, and I had him in my notes as well as Parker Washington wide receiver at Penn state. I think he's on the border. He's probably the most well-known guy that we're going to talk about here today um, because he broke out as a true freshman there at Penn state behind Jahan Dotson uh, and was a reasonably uh, decent level prospect coming out of high school but no Jahan Dotson next year as declared for the NFL draft will be at the senior bowl and he had a considerable amount of the market share there at Penn State this year Jahan Dotson did uh, he had 31% of their receptions 34% of their yardage and 48% of their receiving touchdowns so there is a huge void there Parker Washington, I think, is the obvious guy. Went 798 in the bowl game. Um, and he's very versatile. Like, I, he's he's like one of those kind of, again, positionless guys, like 5'10", 5'11". He's listed over 200 pounds. So he's he's got, you know, he's kind of a, a thicker-built guy. He's not scrawny. Um, and I think he can win at all three levels. Like, I think he can win deep if he needs to. Intermediate's kind of going to be his bread and butter. Um, but I do think he's very well-rounded. So give me him. And then they actually have another guy, Keandre Lambert-Smith there, that I think is just a name to keep your eye on going into next year. Uh, same age, same year as Parker Washington. They'll be third-year guys. Yeah, I, I love Parker Washington to step up. I'm right now in the middle of a uh, 23 mock draft with uh, Jared Wackerly, Nick Whalen, uh, Felix Sharp, who's another co-founder of Camp Skin. A lot of a lot of big names, and I, I actually have in the scoop uh, Parker Washington at, at the two nine in this Superflex rookie draft. Um, I, I don't. I think the feeling right now for the community, I want to say it's locked in, but I feel like he's a day two pick probably next year in the draft minimum here. 
I, like not locked in, but that's that's probably the the consensus right now where everyone's at. So I, day, I think he's yeah. a great steal. Day two feels good. I would be hard pressed to predict he hits day one, but it's definitely not impossible. Um, just I would say less likely. I mean, Jahan Dotson probably probably not a first round pick. He'll be close. So, you think so? I think he can get in there. I think he can. he if he goes, it'll be like you know twenty seventh overall or something. Like, right. I don't yeah. think he'll be a guy that like is just a far you know uh, pick nineteen. Like I, right. I, I think he'll he'll sneak in maybe, but uh, you know those guys are are fairly borderline. But top top fifty, you were there for top fifty. Uh yeah, I, I I think he's top fifty. Okay. Um, he's my like just overall in in my C two C rankings. He's my wide receiver twenty one right now, and okay. I haven't taken out like Jamison Williams, Wondell Robinson, like some of the. So he'll probably jump up to top fifteen, top thirteen, top twelve. So I mean that's that's pretty pretty highly rated there. Yeah, I I do believe in these. Getting on a little tangent here, I do believe in these rookie drafts coming up for our leagues for dynasty, not C two C. Um, I think James Williams is going to drop. You know, I'm kind of excited about because I'm. I'm I'm pretty pretty popularly. I like to trade away my first, but then I collect early seconds like it's like it's a game. And so I'm hoping that Jamison Williams will now fall to like the early second. I feel like that could happen for a few leagues too. Are you a big Jamison Williams guy? He's my wide receiver three. Okay. So okay. Behind, behind Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks. Correct. Yeah. I I just I still I still struggle to put Drake London up there. I I just can't endorse contested catch guys. I think his contested catch rate was twenty four percent. Like a quarter of his passes were contested catch passes. Yeah, it's a tough sell. It's a tough. So sell. it's and, and I get it though. He dominates them. Like he absolutely dominates them. I just I still can't endorse it. And Nikhil Harry did the same thing. He dominated contested catches. And that's a bad name. It's like Voldemort. We don't say that name. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a Patriots fan too. That makes me feel even worse about it. <laughs> I was so excited. I got I like watched his like highlight tape like probably thirty times. I was getting so hyped about it. Do you still go watch it sometimes, like when you're sad, or is it? <laughs> is it? It's just, it's just too much now. I, I haven't looked at it in a while. I like remember the song too. It was. I just, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> all right. I, I so the next guy I really wanted to talk about here is um, the running back from Minnesota, uh, Kai Thomas. Am I saying that right, Kai Thomas? Kai Thomas, yes, sir. Yes, I'm a big fan. Now I realize that the big question in the room is that. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim comes back from his ACL. I assume he's not going to the draft. I haven't heard any news about that at all. Um, but Mo is going to be, what, 24 after this next college season? I believe he's an older prospect already. He's almost as old as I am, and I turned 30 this year. So, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so he's old. I, I really do think – I I mean, they may not, they might not pass the torch, but, but I guess the question is going to be how involved is Mo. But for Kai Thomas, though – he has that NFL size. I believe he's he's um yeah, I believe he's five five ten two oh five if I'm right. Three of his last four games were over for were over hundred yards. He clearly got the workhorse load towards the end of the season. And then for the bowl game, he goes for twenty one for one forty four and one. No catches, no catches on his resume as of right now. But as far as freshman goes, I, I like that size. He just needs to add five more pounds for me. Like that's really it, which he can easily do for the next two, three years. And I, I, I like Kai Thomas for the future. And if you can't use him next year because of Mo, Mo Ibrahim, you can probably use him after Mo leaves the year after that. So you're in luck because Kai Thomas is leaving Minnesota. He said it's too cold. There are too many dudes up here. I can't beat them all. So he's yeah. in the portal. He has not decided on a spot yet. I know he's from the – I think he's from Kansas. Uh, okay. He's taking some visits to Kansas and Kansas State. 
either of those would be intriguing options um based where on does his, they run there where does his girlfriend go what college does his girlfriend we go need to? to get the detectives on this to figure this out yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's the theme this offseason where does everybody's girlfriend go so i yeah i don't know where he's going to end up but i think it'll be someplace where he has a role because he would not have had one next year. he only had one this year because everybody got injured but everybody is coming back for minnesota so not to say he's a bad player he's a good player and that's why he's leaving to no, find I mean, more playing yeah i mean that's what the transfer portal is for that's what jameson williams did like yeah. he had to leave to showcase his skills yeah so uh any other thoughts about kai thomas i guess i don't know i, I like mean his... he, he's he's pretty well rounded i don't know how good of a pass catcher he is like just truly don't really know um but he is definitely a, a pretty good between the tackles runner and he was a bit of a debbie favorite uh, when he came out as a freshman last year. So he's been on the radar here for a little bit. He's not, you know, he didn't come out of nowhere, um, right. which is, which is nice as well. All right. You want to, do you want to bring up the next prospect? Yeah. Um, how about everybody at Alabama? Okay. They like, they're just, uh, they, they got, you know, they came across the ocean. What was that explorer that came across the ocean and then they burned all the ships and they're like, we can't go back. Like all the guys um, out there is burning the ships. They ain't coming Cortez. back. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cortez. Yeah. Sorry, I love that guy. I love that you brought that up. Dude was yeah. psychotic, but somehow with 500 guys, he brought down an empire the size of a European empire. Good times. Good but times. Go <laughs> so everybody left Alabama this, this offseason. Like, it's actually really weird to think about, it, especially because they were not a very experienced team. But like every single skill guy is gone. And I don't like Brian Robinson Jr. is leaving. The replacement's obvious. They're bringing Jameer Gibbs in from Georgia Tech. Uh, he's going to be the guy. Um, at wide receiver though, I think it's really interesting. I tweeted out and I was doing a little prep earlier for the show, um, playing around on campuscant.com. We just have uh, a huge database where you can go in and basically sort by team by like market shares. And you can kind of, you know, break all of that out. Um, and, and so here's what I found at Alabama, just from the wide receiver position, not including their starting tight end and starting running back who were both leaving and both, uh, had a decent sized market share as well. They are losing 58% of their rece uh, receptions market share, 64% of the receiving yards, and 56% of the touchdowns on from Jamison Williams, John Mechie, Slade Bolden, all declared for the draft, and then Javon Baker entered the portal. And there might be more where that came from uh, over the next few uh, weeks. So what do we do with that? Ja'Cory Brooks had the biggest games in the bowl game so i think you know you got to think he might be the next guy up he went four for 66 had that big touchdown against cincy and then had another six catches for 47 yards in the natty uh a guy hall had two catches for 52 yards there in the championship game as well one of them jojo earl uh, a freshman coming in that seems unlikely with nick saban but who knows because it's so do they go get a transfer i mean it, it's very much a, a bit of a mystery but i you know i think the discussion has to start with jacory brooks okay i i personally like a guy hall but his hands were terrible man <laughs> i mean it's a freshman you can improve on that but I, i'm gonna echo something that was said on the debbie the debbie debate but didn't his like first like five targets on his first 10 reps like okay like, and there, yeah. So I mean, so he has a, he has the chemistry with the quarterback incumbent who's still there, is Bryce Young. And so if he can build on that, but actually fix his hands, get on the field, get that playing time, I like a guy hall. But just like you said, that they're wide open for transfers and stuff like that. I do you believe that maybe one of the freshmen could step up here? 
I have a really hard time ever betting on the freshman at Alabama, but if this if if a class was going to do it, it would be this one just based on the opportunity. Right. Um it's they have they have two of my top six or seven guys in the class, but they had literally my top three guys in the class last year that all went there. So yeah, I mean that's how it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, the, the, the talent's there. I mean, well, well, off the top of your head, if you can, do you know like when the last time a like freshman from Alabama was like, you know, really involved in the offense? Because I I really can't. I'm trying to think about it. I cannot. So I know uh, Devonta Smith, Jerry Judy. Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs were all in the same class. Devonta Smith and Jerry Judy were both heavily involved. They uh, Devonta Smith caught the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game that year. Jerry right. Judy, I think, had a breakout, if I remember correctly. He might might not have hit it, but he was definitely involved. Um, so the and I mean Jalen Waddle got on the field too. They all, I mean, they all they all got on the field a little bit. Um okay. so at that so three or four years, four years ago, I guess at this point, was this probably the last time that a freshman is really you know, and Julio Jones obviously had a beastly freshman year, but uh, right. you know, not everybody's Julio. So, all right, let's. Uh, I, I'm going to bring Barani back now. I'm going to bring up a topic that's. I mean, people hate this topic, but Braylon Allen, running back for Wisconsin. I don't know if you knew this, but he's only 17 years old. You should probably go tell Felix that. Only 17. <laughs> yeah, um, I. I like Braylon Allen. I, I mean, his production, is, it's hard to deny his production and then say he's not a top 10, top five guy in his class. But I, I get, I watch this save and I fully, I do understand the hesitation from people. I, I don't see the athletic, you know, there's no burst, there's no speed. I, I think he has like elite level vision and patience. But then when that hole opens up, I don't see him like go, you know, I don't, cause I don't think he has a physical ability to do that. You know, he doesn't have that. I think he lacks the athletic upside, but I think all the like fundamentals are almost there, you know? So he weighs 240 and well, he weighs 238. Okay. 238 is what he weighs. Yeah, how dare you round up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Don't want to hurt his feelings, man. It's kind of that season, but um, uh, I would like to see him lose like 15 pounds. And I think that would hopefully solve or definitely would help his speed issue. And maybe we can see a little more, little more work in the offseason for him to get that speed get that burst to do you know hit the training stuff like that again 17 years old very moldable like he he's he's still like a, a fresh slate so what what are your thoughts about Braylon Allen right now and then what you think he could the high end low end of what he could be in the future I do wish you had told me we were talking Braylon Allen this morning so I could have mentally prepared myself all day instead of <laughs> the half hour before the show here um this is I think this will be a big topic of discussion all offseason. And first off, I am I don't want to say I'm low on Braylon Allen, but like for instance, I did a poll and I was like, who should be the top guy that goes in like 2020, like startups this offseason and camps camp drafts? And the first couple picks, like, you know, it's like Bijan Robinson, Travion Henderson, like guys that are Debbie studs that are very relevant for that discussion, and they're probably going to crush it in college the next couple of years. And I gave four options. I don't remember what the four were. And then I said, uh, or other. And somebody said Braylon Allen. And that's when I was like, okay, like maybe I am just, you know, out on Braylon Allen. If like, this is going to be the sentiments. I mean, he statistically, he crushed it this year. I don't have the long speed concerns that you do. Actually. I just think it takes him a very long time to get there. Like it would not shock me if he was timed 
at close to 21 miles per hour. I have to ask uh, our resident uh, mile per hour guru, uh, David, to to pull that for us. I, I would be shocked if he hits 20. I think he's more in the 19s. You would be shocked at how some of these guys get once they get going. You would be very, very shocked. Okay. Um, I I would have. A, I think he hits at least twenty and a half, and it would not shock me if he has twenty one. It just takes him, you know, thirty yards to get there. Uh, whereas a guy like Nicholas Singleton coming in in this year's draft, who's been clocked at like twenty eight, twenty one point eight miles per hour, um, he hits it after like you know ten. So that you know that's kind of the the difference between some of these guys. But he, I mean, you're he's big. I don't like betting on that archetype necessarily. I don't know. Like we literally just don't know if he can catch passes at all. And with Wisconsin being the way it is, I don't know if we'll ever have that information. I personally prefer more well-rounded backs. Like I love Will Shipley. Uh, it was a Clemson. I have over him. I think he's, um, you know, just, he's a, a very dangerous as a pass catcher has, you know, requisite size, very over 21 miles per hour kind of running guy. Um, I really like Donovan Edwards at Michigan who flashed a little bit in some of these bowl games for them down the stretch. I think he's more versatile as a receiver. He caught, well, he had like nine catches for 150 yards or something in the one game. Um, like I just like some of those guys more than I like Braylon Allen, but Allen is certainly a top 10 guy in his class for me. And if he does this for three years, I think at that point it starts becoming difficult to, to, you know, say he's not going to get that draft capital. Obviously, if you're waiting three years, you're not going to have him because, you know, if you're playing Debbie, like he's already going to be scooped up. But so I, so I like him. I think the jury is still very much out on him. And I I wouldn't be upset if he lost 10 pounds. I don't think he needs to lose, you know, 15, 20, but get down sub 230, I think would be really good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's just a big boy, man. I, I just watched him move and I'm like, oh, nice cut. And then I'm like, okay, when he's going to go, when are you going to go? Like, <laughs> I mean, those, real slow. those big guys can be successful. They just, some of them need like kind of a runway to get started. I think AJ Dillon is very much the same way there in green Bay. And that was kind of my knock on him coming out of school was, yeah. was I just think he, if, if you stop him at the line and you ask him to stutter step at all. And kind, like, I think that's when a guy like AJ Dillon struggles. And I think that's when a guy like Braylon Allen will also struggle. Right. Yeah, I, I like to think about Ramondre Stevenson and how he lost weight going from college to the NFL. And now he, he looks like a totally different back now. Like honestly, he really does. He he really looks really different. Cause before like watching his college tape, I was like, this guy can't get to the edge. Like there's no way he could beat a defender to get to the edge for his life. And now it's now it looks now it looks like he can. He looks like he has the speed for he clearly lost some amount of weight. I think I think it was 15 pounds. So he went from 240 to 225. But I have the running back prospect for you, buddy. There's a 275 plus pound kid coming in this freshman class this year. I'll send I'll send Jeez. his tape your way. You can go watch this guy. I watched. Uh, is it like is he like huge? I'm talking. Like, I think I've seen it. I think I've seen him floating around the internet. He, he is legitimately enormous, and 24 seven I think has him listed at like 215. And I like turned it on. I was like, there is no way this dude is 215. Like he's <laughs> legit 275. On paper, they put like the slightest mid, and you're like, oh, that's a one, not a seven. Yeah, like it, it's, <laughs> he's a big boy. All right. Okay, let's move on to our next one. Um, did you want to bring one up? Um, I mean, I, I only have a couple left here. I think Texas Tech is an interesting spot to go to. Um, the only quarterback we're really going to talk about here, as um, I think the fill-in quarterback performances more or less in these bowl games were not pretty. 
I had um, one quarterback I wanted you did. to bring up. Okay. I'll do, right. I'll do it after this, though. Perfect, perfect. So I, I wrote down Donovan Smith, who's at Texas Tech. And granted, I think this is a bit of a I already liked Donovan Smith, played a couple games down the stretch and looked pretty good. Um, I had 252 yards passing, uh, two total touchdowns in this one. There is some concern that he doesn't fit at all what the new offense coordinator does. We were talking about Western Kentucky a few minutes ago, and we said their OC is leaving. He's going to Texas Tech. They run, you know, air raids, spread, timing. I like Donovan Smith is a big athletic guy, and he's not a bad passer, but I don't know. He's not Bailey Zappi in terms of a technician. So I don't know if that marriage is built to last or not, but I think he's a guy that I'm paying really close attention to through the spring game and see who's getting the reps there. And then their running back Taj Brooks is another guy. He's a, he listed at 220, and I think that's probably close. I'd put him closer to 215-ish if I had to guess. Um, I just really like this kid. Like, it was not a super highly highly rated recruit. Filled in this year for Sir Roderick Thompson, who was their starter uh, when he went down with an injury. He's not like super, super fast, but I think his first couple steps are really explosive. And I think he's just a good running back. I think he's being slept on. He had 16 carries, 107 yards, a touchdown in this game when he split the backfield. I think he could be a dangerous, dangerous guy. And I think he can make it to the NFL. And he caught like 25 balls as a freshman last year. So like I, that is very much a part of his game as well. Okay. I don't have anything for on Texas Tech. It's one of those Texas teams that I feel like has just underperformed as a Texas team overall. Um, we're all very excited to see the West, the Western Kentucky coaching staff go there. But besides that, I, I got nothing else to add there. I'm just very excited to see what that coaching staff can do with, with the tools and weapons they have there already. They really haven't had consistent quarterback play. So I think you know the new OC is going to be a big – because he was Patrick Mahomes' QB coach. Okay. Was there? Um, yeah. So like he he's got a background working with some of these guys. So I have I have hopes that he can work with a guy like Donovan Smith and kind of sculpt that clay into something that's a little more refined. Okay. All right. I'm I'm gonna get into the next QB then. And I really just add this here. It's like kind of like a like a small topic of conversation. I just want to bring him up. It's Aiden O'Connell, the Purdue quarterback. Um, he went for give me one second. He went for 26 for 47 for 534 yards and five touchdowns. And the only reason why he sticks out to me this year was because I remember watching Rondell Moore's tape and David Beltukes. They're both together there for a little bit. And I was just disgusted by like by O'Connell and just how he looked like he looked like Big Ben out there. How he can only throw the ball like like five yards and that's it. And I, I hated his tape last year. And so this year he really surprised me that he's actually more throwing it downfield. He's slinging it. And I know we talk about analytics here a little bit more now at the campus to can uh, slack. He he is fifth for QBR. And and that's a huge indicator of future success. And so yeah, I just want to know what your thoughts were about him. I, I feel like he might be my flag plan to be like that that quarterback that comes out of nowhere. I'm really about his draft stock next year. He's definitely on that list for me where I'm keeping an eye on him for next year and maybe being an actual NFL asset. So uh, it's interesting you say, you know, he he had a really high QBR. Jeff Brom is the head coach of Purdue. He is something of a QB expert. Um, he consistently has his quarterbacks finish as like top five, top 10 most efficient quarterbacks in the country. 
Okay. Like, some of it's system and some of it's just, you know, he is he is really, really good at developing quarterbacks, but he's been at Louisville, he's been at Illinois, he's been at Western Kentucky, and now at Purdue. Um, he had, like, Mike White was his quarterback at Western Kentucky, um, who is with the Jets right now. And he looked good. He looked good. Like, <laughs> he got Mike White to be, like, a top five NCAA quarterback, like, it, for, like, multiple years. Like, I mean, he, he just, that's what he does. So I do think that Aiden O'Connell is, bound to have a good really good year now that he's kind of the guy there and he's been in the system for a year or two so i yeah i i would not shock me at all if he does you know top five top 10 in terms of efficiency and qbr and all that next season okay that's, that's all i had to bring up about aiden o'connell it's just i'm not i'm not big on draft i'm not on scouting qbs personally don't have a lot of success with it but one of those guys to keep my eyes on uh, do you want to bring up another guy austin sure um, so I guess the last guy that I like, you know, have to talk about that's on this list, um, is Brennan Presley at, at Oklahoma state. I think he's an interesting okay. one. You put him on there. Um, Felix and I have gone back and forth, uh, Felix sharp uh, on, on Brennan Presley because mm. he's the slot receiver at Oklahoma state and the slot receiver at Oklahoma state is kind of the proverbial redheaded stepchild of the receiving game at Oklahoma State they just don't target that player a lot and I've never necessarily doubted Brennan Presley's talent I've always generally kind of doubted his role if you go back and look at the past several years they just always target the jump ball guy on the outside it was uh you know Justin Blackman then it was James Washington uh then it was um uh, who's the guy with the Ravens right now um Devin Duvernay no, um, he was a. Oh, he just got drafted this past year. I don't remember. It, it'll come to me right after. The oh, show, so James Crochet went to SMU. You have Miles Boykin there. Tylen Wallace. I'm sorry, yes, Tylen Wallace. You. Yes, Tylen Wallace was the guy, and then this year it was Tay Martin. Um, so just like to give you an idea, I mean, uh, Brennan Presley in the slot. He had one game with nine targets, one game with eight targets, and then basically sat around, you know, five to seven every other game. Tay Martin, who is an inferior talent in virtually every single way on the outside topped double di- had double digit targets uh eight out of 13 games this year uh, had multiple games with 14 13 12 and blew him away in virtually every statistical category so i like brandon presley as an athlete his brother is it going to be a true freshman there and he is a similarly styled athlete um so they'll both be there together um i just have a hard time believing that presley will ever be like an alpha there they have Jaden Bray, who was a true freshman last year. He was a big, big uh, sleeper of mine. And then they bring in Talon Shetron this year as well, who's going to be a true freshman. He's a top 10 or so kid in the composite, uh, like 6'4", like really speedy, like outside boundary guy. So I just worry that Presley's going to, you know, and then they run the ball a lot there too. Um, they ran the ball, I think, in term, in the country, like on a per-game basis, like 7th or 8th most. So it just like doesn't leave a huge market share in, or you know a huge volume share in the first place, and then you pair that down with him being in the slot. So he's just one that I think is really hard to project for a ton of stats. I think he had uh, let me see exactly what he had this year. I think he had fifty catches, yeah, fifty catches, six hundred and six yards, five touchdowns. Like I could see yeah. him getting you know sixty five, eight hundred and and eight or something, which is definitely a solid season. I just don't think he's ever going to be the go to guy there in that offense. Okay, I yeah I, I I get that. I I feel like you're being a little mean because he probably has worse eyesight than you, and you're probably being a little mean towards him on that. You're kind of bullying him, Austin. Brandon Presley? 
I yeah. like him. He's just a little guy. And Oklahoma, right. yell at Mike Gundy. He doesn't like the little guy. Little guy with goggles. He's got. <laughs> I don't know. It's tight. Yeah, it's just an opportunity there. Uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about Tylen Wallace after the show because I got some questions about him. <laughs> oh, man. I was a big Tylen Wallace hater. So. Oh, really? Because I was a fan. So this is actually very insightful for me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Um, I do want to bring up one more guy. Where is he at? Um, or, okay, no, I already started. I want to bring up one more guy. Uh, Sean Tyler from West Virginia, West Michigan University. He's a smaller running back. Again, he's a guy that started to see his role increase towards the end of the year. Um, I believe he's a smaller back, but for a college asset, I think that's where he could be. Um, he had 14 for one for 146 yards and no touchdowns, one catch for seven yards. Um, I believe he's a freshman. And again, three of his last four games were for 100 yards. I just wonder what your thoughts are. I see the college asset and not much the NFL asset. And I, I believe I also saw that he does split the backfield currently right now. Yeah, so he has a th- this was his third year. I don't know exactly with the voodoo that is the redshirt year combined with the COVID year, like exactly what he is. Right. Uh, so I, I can't necessarily tell you how many how many years he's got. Um, I can't wait till like twenty twenty seven where all these guys are gone, and then I just know. Um, <laughs> so I, it's a really interesting one, and I. I was, I'm happy that we're talking about it, but I was kind of sitting here like, please don't, please don't talk Western Michigan. Please don't talk Western Michigan <laughs> because they lose a lot this offseason. They lose their starting quarterback, Caleb Elby's heading to the draft. Right. So is their leading receiver, Sky Moore, their second leading receiver, uh, Jalen Hall, uh, transferred out. And I believe their starting tight end is transferring out as well. So they lose like a lot of offensive pieces. Uh, their head coach is Tim Lester. He's been there for years now. Um, They've consistently been in the top 50 in the country in, in rush attempts per game. Like they, they do tend to to lean on the running game. And he has in the past had backs that have gotten like all the touches. But they also were like like Levante Bellamy was his lead back for multiple years there. And like I don't know if that was a Levante, Levante Bellamy thing or if that was a he would prefer one back if he can get one type thing. Like I really don't know which is which. So, I mean, Jeff, Ladarius Jefferson and Sean Tyler split the carries almost square in half this year, 185, 178. Tyler definitely was more of the the receiving guy, 15 catches. So he might be a little more versatile. I think I personally slightly prefer Ladarius Jefferson as a football player. Um, and I think they're both decent players. So, I like, I think... I prefer Jefferson if all things are equal. Um, I don't know if, if uh, Sean Tyler can... You know, wholly take that job away yeah i i think he's more of a stash for me in the case of like an injury happens i feel like then i would feel really great starting sean tyler in my lineups for the college side so and i, th- I think he had one game without ladarius jefferson this year and if i remember correctly i'm trying to pull it up real quick and figure out which game it was if i remember correctly he underperformed like disappointingly like everyone was like this is the big week one of them's finally on their own oh. and then he kind of like didn't do what we thought he would do um so that's that's always a killer when you kind of hope that one guy can take the job and they just don't want it all right we're really killing it for me so i'm I'm gonna throw out one more this is now this is actually the absolute last one for me um i want to talk about the mizzou running back elijah young uh he's currently a sophomore now we just saw mizzou pretty much feed the ball through tyler batty the entire season i think his dominator was 
40, I want to say it was 42%. So it was above 42%. I can say that with confidence, um, which means he accompanied for like half the offense. And so he was not playing this bowl game. And Mizzou had to play a stout service academy defense. But at least we got a sneak peek at the team without Tyler Batty. And Elijah Young uh, rushed the ball 13 attempts for 75 yards. Now, here's the other thing, though, is that he had five receptions for 32 yards. So, I don't know. Are, are we looking at next year's Tyler Batty? You know, like literally the, the same team. This guy's going to fill in that role, and that's how it's going to be. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. I, I don't think we necessarily know who it's going to be yet. I actually feel more confident in saying that um, who was the quarterback that filled in Brady or something like that. I could not um, tell you all that because uh, because their quarterbacks left and they had they had a uh, uh, Brady Cook or something like that. Maybe I don't I don't remember. Um, Start of the game, like I, I th- they have a lot of running back depth. Um, they brought in a kid last year. A lot of people liked in uh, Taj Butts. Um, he, 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 um, who's, who's on the roster there. <laughs> um, and he, he's a pretty well-rounded back. They're bringing in Tavoris Jones this year, who is a pretty dynamic guy. He's like a top 20 ish guy in the composite. So I don't think we know, but I do think Elijah young, you know, got the first punch in, uh, in yeah. this game. And definitely, you know, he didn't, he didn't disappoint and, and possibly cost himself that job down the line. So I think he's definitely a guy to watch. And I think that offense does always flow through a running back. Before that, it was Larry Roundtree. Um, I don't know who it'll be um, next year, but but whoever it is, I think you definitely want that guy. Yeah, he a lot. This is what again because I wasn't really watching. This is just a box score analysis. Elijah Young was such a non-factor up until you know since week five. Like he just stopped getting touches. And he's not listed as being injured for those weeks either. He had one carry for negative five yards against Florida. And so pretty much from Tennessee to playing the army, like he only, that's, he got like no touches. That was very interesting to me and a little bit cautionary, but I'm interested who's going to fill in all the opportunity that you talked about for like Alabama. I'm like interested in who fills in all the opportunity for Mizzou for a college, the college fantasy side. Yeah, and I mean, I think, um, you know, expecting – I think Beatty had like 55 catches last year. I think expecting that's a little much. I mean, Larry Roundtree yeah. was like the bell cow the year before that, and he had 15. So I think that wrinkle may have been somewhat unique to, to Beatty's skill set. But, yeah, I mean, the vol- uh, the year before that, Larry Roundtree had 209 carries. I mean, and and this, this year Beatty had, you know, uh, how many – 268 carries and then 54 catches. So, like, they definitely want to feed one guy if they can find one guy. Okay. All right. That's that's all the prospects I had. Do you want to bring up anybody, Austin? That's all I got. You 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 exhausted my whole list. Nobody at Pitt. All right. I tried to nope. find a Pitt guy that I could be excited about. And I don't know. They, you got some all nice transfers coming so. in. You got some nice transfers coming in. Yeah, I mean, they have Jordan Addison. They've got, you know, they've got the whole gang mostly back. So, uh, not necessarily a lot of guys stepping up. All right. Well, I mean, Kentucky's looking good next year. That's all I'm saying. We get Chris Rodriguez back. Barry and Brown. Brown. Yes, we got Tavion Robinson from Virginia Tech. Anyway, it's going to be a great year for college football for Kentucky. Maybe for Pitt. I guess we'll see. Um, Come on. Come on. (laughs) You can bring me on your show and then be like, yeah, you're Pitt. I don't know. know. I'd rather Will Levis than Keaton Slovis. 
I definitely would. Well, that's your opinion. All right. <laughs> All right. Also, I want to thank you again for coming on here. I really do appreciate it. Please, again, just tell everybody where, where they can find you. Yeah, at Debbie Dietz on Twitter and uh, at CampusCanton.com. Come check us out. It's, it's rookie season, and we have a ton of the data that can help you sort through that. Yeah, and and honestly, this format, like the format Campus can, that's like the way to take your game for Dynasty to the next level. Uh, you'll blow away your league mates because you'll know all the guys coming up, not just this year, but next year too. So you can start leveraging picks, kind of seeing who's more valuable, what class and stuff like that. Get to know the players a little better. Um, yeah, just great group of guys, really knowledgeable. You just heard Austin just talk nonstop facts for about 50 minutes here. And I'm like so. the ninth most knowledgeable person over there. So there, <laughs> there are eight people uh, minimum that know more than me. So. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys. And if you guys missed our last week's show, you can find it on Spotify or Apple. It's we talk about height and weight and how like, you know, it relates to the NFL and NFL success, which would be fancy success as well. All right. Thank you guys again. Have a good night.